Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to a new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, uh, on which we're going to talk about Google Shopping today. And that's a topic we haven't uh, talked about before. Uh, we might have touched it in some e-commerce conver- uh, conversations, but we haven't spoken about Google Shopping specifically. And I have Liam Patterson, who is the co-founder of Bitnemic out of the UK on the pod today. And he is, well, he knows everything about Google Shopping. So that's what we're going to spend 15 minutes uh, on today to help you guys as listeners to improve your Google Shopping campaigns and make sure you know what to do. So welcome, Liam. Could you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, I'm Liam Patterson. I'm the CEO of Bidnamic. We're a technology company. We're specialists at Google Shopping. We support um, just under 300 e-commerce retailers to to get more success from the channel. And that can look at as uh, increasing revenues, getting more traffic, more sales, or inversely around increasing the profitability of the channel, improving the ROAS they're getting, uh, reducing the CPAs, improving the profitability of the campaigns. Um, So that's typically when we get involved we work with mid-size right the way up to enterprise retailers, many, many fast growth uh, companies. And yeah, we've got a lot of experience in, in everything Google Shopping. Cool. So that leads me automatically to the first question. And we're not going to dive into what Google Shopping is too much. But um, you mentioned you work for a lot of retailers. Is that is this, is Google Shopping typically something for B2C or is it also used in B2B? It is used in B2B, actually. Um, it is predominantly uh, B2C um, and, and on their Google shopping spend, it typically makes up for e-commerce retailers, uh, shopping makes up around 70%. It's mainly a way to reach uh, reach customers who are actively searching for what they're selling. Uh, and that's typically on the, on the D2C side. However, we have seen some great success with B2B retailers. So uh, they're able to, they've got to be able to ship the product so it can't generate a quote. Um, but if they've got um, certain parts of their range, which is immediately purchasable and shippable, and they have an e-commerce transaction, then yeah, it can absolutely work well for well for B2B businesses as well. I love it. I love it. So Liam, when we're talking about the Google Shopping campaigns and, and assuming that some of the listeners might have uh, some of these campaigns running, they probably will have found out that it's pretty hard to stand out of the crowd because there's a lot of competition, a lot of retailers are trying to get their products on top of Google, especially in in Google Shopping, of course. So could you share some of the best practices for optimizing these campaigns, uh, these product data feeds, and also elaborate a little on what to, how to adapt your website and optimize your website after people, they have clicked these ads? Yeah, absolutely. So there's really three key areas. One is getting your product details, your information from your e-commerce storefront into Google. And that's done by uploading the feed from your store into your Google Merchant Center. And some of the important areas there are things such as including the model number, the brand, uh, any size related to the items into the product title, because the product title is what is used predominantly to match against what people are searching on Google. So unlike search ads or other types of marketing where you give a list of keywords, instead, Google's going to select your eligibility of that product and try and match it closely to the to what people are searching. So mm-hmm. first of all, it's important to have a well-structured feed with those pieces of information built out, but that's not going to win you enough. 
The next part is around the campaign structure. So this is how we can bid effectively and buy the right traffic, which has a higher purchase intent, a higher likelihood of clicking and purchasing. And this, we believe, is down to two areas. One is down to the product um, bids and, and the items. So what we've seen across hundreds of retailers is that the individual items can have very different conversion rates. So a T-shirt in a size extra, extra large might have a much lower conversion rate than that same T-shirt, that same design in a large. So we've got to be very granular with how we um, build out the campaigns. We've got to set bids on individual items related to their product margins, the actual profitability we're driving through those transactions. Um, to be able to really understand how much we can pay for a single SKU, a single product in a single size, so we can be ensuring we're maximizing the visibility. So showing up on the Google Shopping Carousel at the right price to deliver the profitability that that business needs. And then the third part, which is often um, overlooked by retailers, is what happens after they click. So unfortunately, we see a huge bounce rate. So the bounce rate is when someone clicks on an ad and they go back to Google, the page loads, and they go back to Google, not having proceeded through the website. So this is a big opportunity because this is effectively purely wasted spend. You're paying for the click from Google to your website and they're bouncing right back. And two key reasons for that are the, the page speed. So the page loads too slow. We've all had that experience, particularly mm -hmm. on mobile maybe, where we're just waiting and waiting for the page to load. People are impatient. They want to uh, shop quickly. They want to browse. They're not going to wait wait a long time. So um, speed is really, really important. And the other challenge is that all of the search terms, irrelevant of what someone has searched, is sent to what they call a product details page. It's that specific item in a specific color. You can't send it to a collection page. So you can, if someone's typed in men's running shoes, where we'd like to send them is to the collection of all our running shoes that we have or all of the shoes that we have. Uh, or if someone's typed in Nike running shoes, we'd like to send them to a page that shows us all of our Nike running shoes. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately with Google, all that traffic goes to a specific product page. So an individual pair of Nike shoes in the exact color and size. Mm -hmm. um, and, and because of that disconnect between what the customer has typed in, they've seen the product, they've clicked on it, but now they're at a product details page and it might not be the right item. It might be wrong size, it might be the right, wrong color. It might just be not exactly what they were looking for. And it's easier for them to go back to Google where they can continue browsing rather than searching on the website or using a navigation of an e-commerce store they don't know about that might not even stock or sell those other items. So uh, what we've created at Bitnamic for this is a landing page. We call it a discovery page. So, it, so it's triggered after somebody clicks a Google Shopping ad, the traffic goes through to a page which acts and looks like a, a collection page. So it has above the fold, so um, immediately on the mobile or the desktop, uh, a carousel of, of the most similar alternative products. So the, the other um, Nike running shoes mm -hmm. uh, available in a similar size, similar color, um, similar price point, um, so they can help them discover these other products um, that the retailer sells that might have been what they were looking for. And we also load that page incredibly quickly. So it loads in under one second and it achieves a Google page speed performance score of 100 out of 100 on both mobile and desktop. So it loads incredibly quickly, surfaces alternative products that that shopper might be interested in. And we're seeing it massively reducing the bounce rate from people clicking on the Google ad to going back to Google, not having continued on the website. Instead, it's driving more traffic through the pages. They're clicking on similar products. They're checking out. Uh, and, and also it's driving up the conversion rates as well. 
they click to purchase. Love it. So um, that leads well, a, a couple of questions pop up in my mind there because I've got quite some experience there with with personalization, etc. Um, how how does this work? Does this integrate into a into a, a shopping platform? So let's say people are using a, a Magento CMS or whatsoever. Does it does it automatically integrate? That's the first question. And the second one is how does this work um, from an SEO point of uh, well, basically point of view. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, um, the discovery pages are, um, are Shopify exclusive. So they're mm -hmm. Shopify, Shopify Plus, and, and also uh, commerce components. Mm -hmm. So you've just got to have a Shopify checkout. That's all you've got to have. And they're headless. Uh, they're Shopify headless build. So they are uh, deployed um, on a subdomain of the Shopify store, fully integrated with, that, with all the product collections, the categories, the navigation, um, and also their checkout, which you can purchase straight through um, into the store, um, but they're a headless build, mm -hmm. which means that they're able to get much, much quicker, much faster than a um, than a standard Shopify page or a standard e-commerce page, and that's what we're achieving it under one second. So they're um, and right now they're, they're Shopify exclusive uh, currently, um, and in terms of SEO, that these pages are only discoverable. The only way to get to this page is by clicking a Google Shopping ad. So they're not replacing the existing uh, product no. details page. Uh, they're not complementing or upgrading them. They're actually creating a separate landing page for every single product built just for the journey of Google Shopping and only accessible by clicking on a Google Shopping ad. So um, we can then show the performance uplift. We can show the reduce, re reduction in bounce rates, the improvement in order values, the improvement in conversion rates. Um, from that channel, but they're not interfering with anything else on the website. So they're no follow, no index. So they don't have any impact on SEO and they wouldn't be discoverable any other way other than clicking on a Google Shopping ad. Sounds like a perfect solution for uh, for those, those uh, users. So um, you already or briefly mentioned uh, the bidding strategies and um, well, that leads me to to a lot of, well, basically a topic that a lot of e-commerce or web shop owners or retailers might have um, is what are some of the best bidding strategies and how how do they, how can they allocate budgets against those campaigns the best? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really, it's definitely not a one size fits all. It's very different for very different businesses in different stages of, of, of growth. So um, for small retailers who've got products which are um, where, where Google Shopping isn't a primary channel, it's not a major channel, they're not going to be getting huge volumes of sales, it's probably not their main growth driver. Um, Google has an automated campaign type, which is called Performance Max, where you can turn it on and it will run across the whole suite of Google. So it won't just do Google Shopping, it will also do your search ads, the written text ads, it will do your display, it will do YouTube assets. So it's basically, uh, you know, it's able to turn on and go broad across all your, all the touch points, um, retargeting or remarketing. Um, so it's very, very useful for businesses that may not, may lack the resources to, to really invest into Google search as a strategy for their business. Um, and it's very simple. You know, you can put in a RAS figure and it will try to optimize towards that across all the different channels and different types of media. Um, as retailers become more, uh, Google Shopping becomes more important in their mix, they'll want to take out those different channels and have different strategies for display, for YouTube, for search, for shopping, uh, and other and remarketing. And, and that's kind of when we, when we come in. Um, 
we're able to um, build out and utilize um, what's called standard or expert mode. So um, this is uh, being able to have control and transparency over the massive amount of levers that Google provides. So that can be the search terms that shoppers are actually typing in. Um, and we can we manage the bidding um, through either standard campaigns or through Google's target ROAS, whereas Google is optimizing to achieve a certain return on ad spend. But it still gives you transparency over the search terms and a lot of control over the levers that we can pull um, in different areas, such as um, big modifiers for device types. So if someone's been to the, the website before through retargeting lists for search ads mm. uh, and, and other, other levers as well. And, um, and and what we've identified for for really really experienced accounts where there's a significant amount of traffic, a very competitive market, is what we call purchase intent. So this is being able to bid on an individual SKU level when those items might have different margins, they might have different performance. We're able to isolate out the performance of those products by putting a single SKU in a single Google ad group, which means we're able to draw back all the data, such as the impression share, the click share, and associate all the data to that single item in a, in a single uh, variant. And we're able to then to build out what we call purchase intent, which is uh, bidding more for more highly valued search queries. So we're able to um, get visibility for awareness terms, which might be those generic terms like men's running shoes. We're then able to go down a level and as those queries become more detailed, more into consideration phase, we're able to bid more for those terms that have a higher uh, conversion rate, a higher revenue per click. And finally, as we get down to those purchase terms, which are maybe referencing brand, size, style, models uh, of those products, we're able to have a really, really high bid on just that single, um, those single search terms against that single product to get a lot of visibility, a very high impression share, and really dominate the Google shopping carousel for those high value, high revenue clicks. Cool. So with google shopping and i'm not too familiar with it myself i haven't done campaigns myself on google shopping but from what you're explaining and what the remarks you're making it sounds like you you need to be an expert on google shopping and really know what you're doing before starting out and just trying yourself compared to you know some normal google ad search campaigns which can be pretty standard and pretty easy to set up yourself um, google shopping really requires you to have some technical knowledge about the data feeds to to make sure that you have the right bidding strategies. Um, and finally, um, also, uh, you need to be able to determine your campaign effectiveness and your ROI on this. Do you have some, as a, as a final question, but do you have some tips for listeners on how to uh, measure their effectiveness and how to calculate their ROI on the campaigns? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think it's really important to ensure that the, you're, you've got the tracking set up from day one before launching the campaigns. Um, you've got the Google AdWords tracking, the Google Analytics tracking, but there's not any duplication. So quite often, unfortunately, we see duplicate pixels. So whether, you know, that maybe someone's re re coming back to the checkout page and it's counting that conversion, it's getting triggered and, and shown twice. So it's important to make sure that you've got the tracking set up for Google AdWords and Google Analytics. And once that's set up, you'll then be able to, to pull metrics such as the CPA. So how much is it costing you to get an order, the return on ad spend. So how much is your are you paying for the revenue as a, as a relationship? So $1 in equals $5 or $10 back would be a, a ROAS number. 
And also more uh, advanced retailers are now starting to be able to even look at the, the POAS, so the profit over ad spend. So being able to see, okay, are we actually, it's great we're driving revenue, say every dollar in generates $5 back, but actually what's that looking like at a profit level? So by utilizing the cost of goods sold, which is the, the product cost, by the, the associated uh, other costs, such as shipping and handling, maybe any taxes, we're able to actually calculate the real profit that you're generating um, so again, that can be really important um, to look at the, the profit that you're generating, to look at the revenue you're generating uh, in relation to the ad spend you're putting in. And as Google Shopping has got so competitive um, in, some, in some verticals with the rise of e-commerce, with so many merchants coming through to such an important uh, channel, but one which is limited by the number of, of advertising spots across the, the carousel, um, we have seen it get really competitive in some verticals. So some advertisers are even looking at their lifetime value. So are they acquiring a customer who's buying a replenishable product, who's going to continue to come back and back again uh, and repeat purchase and bringing that data in to overlay to the immediate profitability to say, actually, might not be profitable on the first sale, but actually we know that customer is going to come back every six weeks and buy again. So they're bringing in that uh, lifetime value data to be even more granular with how they're setting those uh, those targets. Love it. So um, what from from what the, the examples that you're giving and the explanation you're giving on the measurement and ROI calculation, et cetera, on your campaigns, um, I think with Google Shopping, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's it's even to even necessary to have a ROAS or POAS if you if you if you want to on a product level, right? So you need to know on uh, on on shoe at when you're doing shoes, the running shoes in your example, and you're bidding higher for a specific uh, shoe rather than lower for another shoe that might have a lower margin. Um, you need to have that ROAS on product level, right? That, that's absolutely right. Yeah. And that's, again, what, what our technology really enables is to do it at that product level and even at that SKU level, because there might be certain sizes that, that aren't selling, that are overstocked, um, or certain colors that are getting discontinued in a product, um, or certain pack sizes if it, of, you know, if it's food related, for example. Um, so again, by having that individual SKU, so the variance uh, with their own margins, then we can react to that. And it also means that if a product goes on sale, um, we're not treating $100 equally. Uh, if that product was $200 and it's been put on 50% sale, we can actually work out the margin that we're driving for that by doing it at that individual SKU level. Uh, and we're also able to draw back the transparency. So Google reports um, the information back to the advertiser at, through, through ad groups. So by having a single SKU in an ad group means we can draw back all that information. Uh, and that in information can be how many impressions have we had? How many impressions could we have had, but we didn't show up the impression share? And um, what was the cost per click? What were the actual search terms that came in against this product and how did they perform? So it gives us real transparency over where individual SKUs aren't showing up or where they're showing up for the wrong search terms and, and allows us that, that level of control over both the, the return ad spend or the profitability that we're targeting um, versus the cost prices, but also gives us transparency of data on how the strategy is working in terms of gaining visibility or gaining profitability. Love it. So Liam, I would like to thank you very much for all the info and all the tips that you've given to the listeners. For the listeners, should they have a question uh, about Google Shopping and about how to run the campaigns and, and want to contact you, I'm going to include your LinkedIn profile 
and a link to BitDynamics website, of course, in the show notes. So they can always reach out to you for further questions. And with that, I would like to thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Leanne Patterson, CEO of BitDynamics. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.